five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to everything you need to know about music in three songs, where you get to learn everything you need to know about music in three songs from the perspective of a 20-something-year-old. That would be you. And the perspective of a 40-something-year-old. And that would be me. That would be you. <laughs> what are we doing today? Uh, I don't Do know. you want to know? Tell me. We're doing the Prince of Soul today. Okay. Yeah, that's Marvin Gaye. He's the prince he of soul. He is the soul. prince of soul. He does, prince is a fitting word. Definitely, he doesn't seem like a king. No, not the king. He seems or the like godfather. A, yeah, he seems he's like a prince. prince. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like a duke. No, not even. That's no, 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 regal. he's a prince. He's a little boy. This one was a little weird for me only because um, you could easily make the statement that he had more impact on multiple genres than many other artists. Than, than, sorry, than any other artist really has. Motown, soul, funk, disco, and R&B. I could have taken any okay. one of those and just gone that route. Is Motown not soul? No. Motown's its own thing, in my opinion. I mean, it, there's definitely derivatives of soul and R&B in it, but Motown is a Motown. Like, Motown's sound is like, one sound. Give me one Motown. Like, what's, what's like, we'll get there. go-to? Um, Smokey Robinson, The Supremes, Marvin Gaye, but Temptation. But they're, they're soul, though. They right? are. But the they, Supremes are soul. But, but, but soul that comes from other places than Motown is yeah. different sounding. Oh. So let's start with just saying this is difficult because he's five different genres in one dude. That's cool. Here's what you got to know, though. What do I got to know? His dad was a church minister. And I say that right Did up know front. That. Be- Did, know Did that. you? Yeah. Because it's, it's a common theme, I think. We've been talking about it this a really lot, right? Is. Aretha, right? We've got a couple, there's a lot of church involvement in a lot of these people. Well, they go hand in hand. That kind of do. soulful singing. It's true. Yeah. It's true. In 1959, he was born in 39. In 1959, he leaves the house at age 19, and he joins the Air Force. Didn't really like the Air Force, so he leaves. And then he goes and he plays with Bo Diddley. Do you know about Bo Diddley? No. Just kind of a cool R&B, funky, funky group back in the day. Sounds pretty funky. A lot of people made fun of him because it was Marvin Gaye, G-A-Y. Yeah, that so is. So he added the E. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Yeah. So Instead he's of changing his really, name, his last name G-A-Y. was G-A-Y. Yeah. Yeah, he's actually Marvin Gaye, G-A-Y Gay. Jr. Yeah, which is pretty wild. So yeah, what does adding an E do? Your last name it is just, still Gay. I know, I know, but at, at that time, he felt like that was the most appropriate thing to do. Which I guess it now doesn't no take one away. would even like bat an eye. No, no. Back then, probably right? wasn't totally, very cool. Totally, exactly. Yeah. So Motown, which was started by this guy named Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy is a dude who borrows $800 from his parents nice. and starts an R&B company. And... <laughs> he just had this gift for recognizing talent. So he signs Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, The Supremes, Marvin Gaye, The Temptations, The Four Tops, The Commodores, Gladys Knight and the Pips, The Jackson 5, and Stevie Wonder. So everyone, <laughs> just all of them. The, like the dudes. Right? Yeah. Like that could be the... You should, you, well, that's really what, what all there right, is for that. I know. No, I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible, right? So, that's but crazy. he gets signed. Check this out. He gets signed as a session drummer. Marvin Gaye? Marvin Gaye does. Session drummer? Drummer. So he starts drumming for Stevie Wonder. What? So the, when he was little Stevie Wonder, like playing the harmonica and stuff, mm-hmm. his drummer was Marvin Gaye. That's hilarious. How cool is that? That is really yeah. cool. So Marvin starts to make his own songs, and he has an incredibly big hit with this. This becomes yeah, this Motown's is a cool, this is a cool song. biggest song. And this was just like, wow, this is different. What is this? And his voice was just this cool, soft, 
smooth, soulful brother. But this is Motown. I don't think this is soul, though. It is, man. Listen to that. So during this time, he comes out with I'll Be Doggone, Ain't That Peculiar, Pride and Joy, Too Busy Thinking About My Baby, That's The Way Love Is, like all these awesome, awesome Pride and Joy, like Stevie Ray Vaughan, Pride and Joy. Not that Pride and Joy, but a huge hit for him. In 1967, though, this is going to bring us into song number one. This is a long time ago. 67? (laughs) All right, yeah. (laughs) You weren't even born. No, I know, but it's not that long ago, is it? This, I mean, I mean, the 60s is... Musically, though, this is where it was happening. The 60s is about as early as I'll go. I like the 60s music, but the 60s is as early as I'll go before I'm like, okay, this is just n- not for me. Really? Oh, okay. There's no wow. one who in the 50s made, oh, Name somebody out of the 50s that's really good. Dude, stop. Who? We'll talk just give me a couple. Oh, the biggest... Ki- the king? Elvis Presley? I could go on for days. Oh, my God. Elvis is... He's so... The, let's please... Let's not... Let's just not do this now. Let's oh, not. I'm let's not into that. Continue. Oh, well, there's good country music from back then. Sorry. We're getting off topic. Unbelievable. Go ahead. Go ahead. In 1967, Motown hires a girl singer mm-hmm. named Tammy Terrell. Right. Who has this amazing voice. Mm-hmm. Incredible voice. To sing duets with Marvin Gaye. Yes. But they had something. They had, like, this chemistry. They had this something... That wasn't just, oh, they sound good together. Did they do Ain't No Mountain High Enough together? Is that them? They did. Oh, that's a great song. They did. Is that your next song? No. Okay. But you're right. They do come out with Ain't No Mountain High Enough, which was huge. Then Your Precious Love. And then they come out with what I'm going to do with song number one, which is this song. And I'm going to tell you, it's unbelievably special. You didn't pick Ain't No Mountain High Enough? That's like Marvin Gaye. This is song number one. You're all I need to get by. This is a great song, though. And don't talk about Method Man. I'm begging you. (laughs) I was getting ready to say. Listen to him. Listen to that. Listen to her. Begging to get sampled. She starts feeling ill, though, mm. and, and they're on stage together in October of 1967, and she collapses into Marvin's arms at a concert, oh. and they take her to the doctor. She's pregnant. She gets diagnosed with a brain tumor. Oh, not the route I thought we were going. Okay. Okay. So she gets this brain tumor, and after the first surgery, she comes back to Hitsville, which is Motown. Mm-hmm. They call it Hitsville. Right. And they, re- they record this song together. Now- Think about that. She's a brain you're, tumor. You're all I need to get by. They they meant it. Like the two of them had something. Even though We're Marvin, even even though Marvin was married to Barry Gordy's older sister. Okay, <laughs> and I mean she was old. She was 17 years older than Marvin, but he was still married to her. But there was something about, about Tammy. He was Terrell. married to somebody 17 years older. Yes, than sir. Him? Yeah, but listen, dude. We're 20. We're 17 years apart. <laughs> That's weird. She has a total of eight I love it. unsuccessful surgeries. Oh. And by the eighth surgery, she was blind, no hair, weighed 93 pounds, goes into a coma, mm. and dies at 25. Oh. At the funeral, Marvin gave the eulogy to this song playing in the background. 
Like this song That's means sad. something, right? Okay. So now he goes into this unbelievably deep depression in 1970 because she died. Right. He starts to mess with drugs. His Marvin fi- Gaye was a drug guy. Big time. Really, I didn't know that. He massive didn't seem like cocaine addiction. Guy that would do massive things. cocaine addiction. Oh, yeah. Good for him. I was sorry. He's kind of on the soft side. No. Keep going. <laughs> the failed marriage to Anna Gordy. That didn't mm. work. And he was really starting to get kind of cranky about the songs that were being made at Motown, and he wanted to do something about it. But he was unbelievably depressed. So depressed that he decides he's going to commit suicide. And Barry Gordy's father finds him and saves him. After his failed marriage. Correct. How do yeah. you, what did he do? Just like took a bunch of pills or something? I don't doesn't know. Matter. I think really he, no, matter. no, no. Actually, I do know. It was a gun attempt. He tried to he kill tried himself. He tried to shoot himself. He tried to shoot himself. So anyway... I'm not kidding. Yeah, look, look, look. I mean, th- th- this guy was incredibly distressed, in- incredibly depressed, incredibly upset about everything that was going on. So much so that he actually tries to join the Detroit Lions football team. Yes. Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. Tried to join the Lions. Wanted to go pro. And, well, and, the Lions have kind of always sucked, though. So. <laughs> that'd be nice. <laughs> Come on now. No, they're not a His good management company team. tells him, look, if you get an injury, you're, you're, you're never going to be able to sing again. So you, don't do this. So, like, did he have a shot? Was he, was he really he athletic? He was pretty good. Oh, no like, way. No, so no, no. Like, he, was, he, he, was, he was pretty good. Like, the dude was all right. That's so funny. But I want I you to I also feel like I knew that. But here's what happens. So he gets into music, but he gets into music in a different way. He gets into music as a way that's not the way that Motown was sounding then. He wanted to do something different. So mm-hmm. in 1971, he creates a concept album called What's Going On. What's Going On. Exactly. It's a great song. So what we're going to do for song number two is What's Going On. Great song. Now, just listen to Marvin, because this is not the old Motown Marvin. Marvin. Play for you the beginning part of this album because this is the way that the actual album starts. Okay, this was a concept album that he wanted to create because he wasn't saying, "Hey, what's going on?" He was like, "What is going on?" And he wanted to do it from the perspective of a guy coming home from Vietnam, saying, "What the hell happened?" So it was like all this suffering and injustice and abuse and poverty and police brutality. This is how the album starts. Like, hey, I'm back. And the whole album is all this, like, walking through and being reacclimated to the world as it is now. This is definitely a nice right? social injustice song. It is. It's, that's what it is. He's saying, bring, like, what, what has actually it. happened? What's going on here? I mean, he's talking about... Like, listen, number six, this is mercy, mercy me. Things ain't what they used to be. This is like mm. a plea for what's going on in the environment. Mm-hmm. The actual name of the song is Mercy, Mercy Me, The Ecology. Mm-hmm. Oh, mercy, mercy me. Right? Mercy, 
right? This is not Motown, right? This no. is different. This isn't him and Tammy Terrell singing love songs together. He's like, this is good, I got something to say. You see that difference? Yeah, this is very active. That's what happened when Tammy died. There was inspiring. a new Marvin that was created, and this is him. I think my mom really likes Marvin Gaye. I think that's from how I found all this stuff. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's good to know. Inner City Blues, right? Same album. He's talking, what, what, what is going to make me want to holler? What they do to my life? This ain't living. Listen to this. Same, same album. Big bongo guy. I love yeah. those. There's the blend of all the genres. Here we go. Listen to that bass. This is also a good song. Right? But I, I gotta go back. I gotta go back to what's going on. Like, I gotta tell you, like, th- this was something that even Barry Gordy goes, dude, you're gonna ruin your career. Like, if you make this album, you're gonna ruin your career. Like, don't do this. Don't do this to yourself. Start, keep making love songs. You're killing it. Don't do this. And he's like, no, this album needs to be made. I need to say something. Like, this is that important. Was it really bad back then? It was. After Vietnam? Yeah. Did he go to Vietnam, though, did he? No, his brother did, though. Oh. His, his brother did, yeah. So I want to play for you just this, which is James Jamerson, which is the bass player, mm-hmm. and Marvin Gaye. I want you to hear just how this song is really structured. Wasn't Marvin Gaye murdered? No. No? We're going to get there. Yes, but we're going to get there. Listen to this. Mother, mother, this gives you an understanding of what is this? This is just Marvin and the bass. And the bass. Brother, brother, brother. How do you find this stuff? There's Dude, that's my job. <laughs> James Jameson you know was the funk one of the funk brothers. Right. Which worked for Motown. Right. Marvin had 30 days to make this album. Yeah. Okay? He goes and finds James Jamerson at this bar that he's playing with. Right. He's totally drunk. Cool. Okay? He goes, dude, I need you now. I need you to come to the studio now. He leaves the bar and comes into the studio to lay this track. Yeah. He can't stand on this. He can't even sit on the stool. He's so drunk. Keeps falling. So this bass line was recorded by him laying on the floor, playing the bass on his back. And it's one of the bass, greatest bass lines ever. That's so funny. Now, one of the crucial things about Marvin was his ability to kind of harmonize with himself. He would do multiple vocal tracks of him singing. Listen to it. I can hear it, yeah. What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? That's all Marvin. I like that noise, but it's just a weird noise. Now, and so now this bass drummer, this bass player, is just blackout drunk, laying blackout on the drunk floor, laying on the floor, <laughs> playing this unbelievable bass line. <laughs> the guy goes home. The, the 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 bass guy goes home, and he goes to his wife. I just recorded something that's going to be absolutely special. Like this is this is going to be one of the greats, and he was right. It's one of the greatest bass lines ever. Really? In 1971, Marvin signs a deal with Motown for $1 million after the release of this album because it was so incredibly popular. It was one of the greatest selling albums of all times. 
That's a lot of money back then, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money now. It is the most like... for any black artist ever as of that time. Wow. And now Marvin's got full control over whatever he wants to so do. Yeah, he becomes a millionaire. Right? Yep. Yeah, so that, that's, that's pretty insane. Oh. All right, let's go on to song number three. Do it. Song number three, I got I to put this in there because this is, this is where Marvin went. Okay, we started with Marvin Motown. Right. Tammy Terrell dies. Rip. He, he gets totally depressed and totally changes into this social activist, into this like very serious, serious guy. That's what I think. Dark. When I think of Marvin Gaye is like. Do you black activist? Yeah, really? Totally. Okay, so in Motown years, he wasn't like that. It was all love songs and that wasn't around back then. <laughs> no, no, you weren't. Okay, all right, so. That's where he was at that time. But he mm-hmm. also started to explore something that he had a really difficult time with, which was sex and love. Because Marvin was physically abused by his dad. And he struggled with this difference between like sex and love and concepts of moralistic and fundamental teaching of the church versus what was really going on in real life. He suffered with impotence. He was like riddled with pain. Like it was really, really, really difficult for him. Oh, wow. So he makes this album and it's his one of his most amazing albums, which I know you're going to know. So song number three has to be, because of everything that Marvin represented to so many people, and that's Let's Get It On. (laughs) (laughs) I can't not include this song. Uh, You know, i got to be really honest with you. I had no idea this was Marvin Gaye. And this is like the most, this is like the song. This, this, this isn't Ain't No Mountain High Enough, though. No. You feel me? Where he went? No. That's hilarious. This is like the... This is it. This is cheesy. Yes. Now it is. But then, I mean, come on. The album liner notes for this were... were, were, were this was him saying, look, I contend that sex and, is sex and love is love, but when combined, they can work well together. If two people are about the same mind... Then it's okay. Have your sex. It could be exciting if you're lucky. I hope that music here that I present makes you lucky. Like this is this is his liner notes in, inside of his album. Like he's just saying, "Hey, I hope this help this helps you." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this is where he was. But it did. <laughs> I right? feel like yeah. yeah. This is the song. This is like it. all the movies. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, hilarious. This was humongous for him. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, just unbelievable. Then he kind of goes away for a little while and starts doing some tours and, and, and gets around and, and really starts making a ton of money doing live concerts. In 1980s, he comes out with a song called Sexual Healing, which Great you know, right? Song. Unbelievable yeah. beat, right? In 1982, then he goes on tour to promote Sexual Healing. Mm-hmm. And he goes back into like really abusing cocaine and drugs and mm-hmm. in order to cope with the, uh, the, the tour and all the pressures. When the tour ended in 1983, he returns to the, to, to the United States, and his mom had kidney surgery, so he went home to kind of help her. And he moved into his mom's house. Him and his dad never got along. Like, it was just not a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Because Marvin Gaye Sr. never really approved of Marvin's career. Because remember, this guy a was pastor. a man of the... Yeah. Right, he was a man but of the cloth. did he abused him? He did. He's a pastor who abused yeah, him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it's, it's really, really it's sketchy. Weird. So he lives there for about six months. 
And the father and son have a ton of these like altercations where they fought and they argued and it was, it was, it was really bad. So he told his father, like, you need to leave my mom alone because the mom and the dad at one point really started to argue. So April 1st of 1984, the father and son, they get into a huge altercation. Mm -hmm. The father goes in to his bedroom, grabs a handgun that Marvin had bought for him and shoots and kills him. Oh, that's not cool. Which is unbelievably incredible. Now, Marvin Gaye Sr. pleads guilty... And his sentence was reduced because they found out that he was actually very ill. From what? A brain tumor. Just like Tammy Terrell. Is that not insane? Yeah, but he still shot his kid. No, I listen, I get it, but how many? I mean, think about the irony of that. Right? That's pretty weird. So he dies, sadly. So what happens to Marvin's mom? That's what I'm thinking about the whole time. It's really quite sad. What happens to her? So the father gets locked up, and uh, basically it, it, it all ends there, which is really quite sad. Oh, but the bummer. music that was left behind is just absolutely epic and incredible. This guy transcended five different genres in one and was unbelievably fantastic at it. I mean, just fantastic. But so, so sad how it happened. That's insane. Right? Well, yeah. I'm going to go see my dad after this. I hope he doesn't shoot me. <laughs> is that crazy, though? I mean, it's just, it just to me, the fact that he had a brain tumor just like Tammy Trail was incredible. Just absolutely That's incredible. Nuts. So anyway, Barry Gordy at Marvin's funeral said he is the greatest of all time and a musician with no equals. And he, that dude had seen some serious, serious talent. Is he the best Motown soul person ever? The answer is no, actually. Michael That's, Jackson, really hard. But That's really hard. That's really hard. I'm going to say he's way, way up there. So mm. to give him the moniker of the prince, yeah, That's I'll give fair. him that. I'll give him that. But wouldn't... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. I really would. So, anyway, that's Marvin Gaye. Nice. And I'm going to leave you Play me something with fun. something that I think is one of his absolute best, best songs. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hope you learned a little bit about Marvin. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>